Hello and welcome to another episode of Wannabe Entrepreneur. Today I have a super exciting interview for you. I'm here with uh, Alexandra. Hey Alexandra, everything good with you? Hey, yes, of course. Thank you so much for accepting this invitation and sharing your knowledge with uh, with us, with the Wannabe Entrepreneur community. So Alexandra, you, you will also introduce yourself in, uh, in a moment, but uh, I basically discovered you on Twitter. It's a great platform and I've been discovering most of the people that I interview now on Twitter. And I <laughs> noticed that you are experiencing brand, branding and marketing. And I thought, okay, that's a great opportunity because I suck at marketing. Most of the bootstrappers really need every help that, that they can have uh, or that they can get to to learn more about marketing because it's, you know, it's all, like 50% of our work is is marketing and we really suck at it. And it's, it's really great to have this opportunity to speak with you about those topics. So thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I think it's a great topic for marketing for bootstrap projects. So I'm happy to, to join today. I'm happy that you're here. And um, yeah, so... I would ask you to introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners, who is Alexandra. So I'm a product marketing manager. Uh, product marketing means that I do marketing in products in the startups. Uh, I work in tech and with startups for nine years now. I joined first startup back in 2012. It was an Israeli startup. Uh, and since then, I work uh, with startup and usually early stage, and I help people to build and launch their products, usually from idea to launch and then to market. So early stage startups. Um, so now I work with different projects uh, like a consulting. Um, yeah, so it's an interesting uh, topic from how you can you know, build, uh, launch, market your project, and especially if it's bootstrapped and especially if it's built by a small team. So hopefully our conversation today would be interesting and um, useful. Yeah, I'm sure. It, I'm sure it will. And immediately one question comes to my head, which is, you. So how important is the launch, right? So when when I'm developing something, there's there's two kind of schools of thought. One is you have to make it perfect and release already a very mature product, which I don't subscribe to. I don't subscribe to that idea. My idea and the one that I follow is more the iterative way. So build an MVP, super simple, then share it to the world and iterate over it. So how important is actually to have a strong launch when you first actually launch your product and how mature should this product be? It's a great question. It's actually a hard question uh, because <laughs> the, because uh, it depends on what you call air, uh, you know, what is launch actually, what is a strong launch for you, right? Uh, because mm. what I see from my experience is what's happening uh, very often. So when team who's been building a product for months, usually uh, mm. even more sometimes, so uh, usually it's developers, engineers, sometimes designers, product managers. So small team, they're building this product for, for months. They think it's, it's going to be awesome. And then at some point, they're like, okay, we're ready. So we have some kind of product. Now we need to add marketing, right? And right. what they expected that, you know, they come to me and that, okay, 
do a launch for us, then we want to have like thousands of uh, customers and users after the launch. So unfortunately, that doesn't work like this. Unless, you know, there are, of course, exceptions if you build something really exciting and something that press and media would be interested in. But again, press and media now are not really covering bootstrap startups that often. They mm-hmm. most most often, like TechCrunch and others, they cover startups that are doing like the Series A or sit round with the investors, like well-known investors that they cover, but not for bootstrap startups. That's why... What do you call this strong launch is uh, is very interesting and also different topic, uh, difficult topic. Uh, so answering your uh, your second question in terms of you know how good should be the product should be launched like an in an iterative way. Yes, I would say yes, and I would say um, it's it's important to have the marketing from day one. I would say, and mm-hmm. because marketing can help you to start building your audience even before the launch. And it's a very popular approach now. And it's a great approach in so many ways. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm really always advising for doing that. To start building a com- uh, community before the launch, right? Before, yes. Yeah. So thanks to the internet. So now we can actually build the audience and find customers even before the product is launched. Uh, right. Now there are even like audience first uh, products, right? And one of the most powerful business models on the internet now has given us the rise of this audience-first products uh, because they help you in so many ways. Uh, they help you to build trust. They help you to uh, know where to find your audience, which marketing mm-hmm. channels to use. So there are so many advantages of this approach. So the audience-first building is like a person function first to find and understand your customers. Because when yeah. you start to interact with the, with your audience, um, you can ad- identify, you know, the market, the, the problem, the pains right. that they have ahead of launching an actual product. And that usually helps you to avoid, you know, common problems of when you are so in love with the building a solution that, you know, you're not always aware of actually the, all the problem, uh, the problem that you're trying to solve. So if you approach the building a product with the audience first, right, so it offers you the opportunity of figuring out the audience actual problems without, you know, assuming anything. And when you observe the community, you can engage with them, you can ask questions, and you can sooner understand their challenges and, you know, what roadblocks they have. Let, let, let's take change it as an example if you if you may so change it is my climate change app uh, it's a it's a way to kind of make help people to be more sustainable by giving them uh, some actions that they can take so what i've done and now i can see that was probably a mistake was i first built the product then i went on reddit and i tried to like find a community afterwards what i should have done if I use the audience first approach is I should have started while in parallel of building my app, I should have started already building a community, right? Exactly. And what is the best way to build this community? What, what tools should I use? Should I focus on a social, on social media? Should I try to collect emails? What, what, what in your opinion is the best way to build this community? I would always say that it depends. It really depends on the type of your product. 
the who is your audience and what is the field. Because if you're building, for example, an app for, I don't know, pregnant women, it's one thing. If you're mm-hmm. building a tool for developers, it's another thing. And then right. it's a it's a very different channel. So what so what your steps should be is first identify your audience, like exactly who are you building for. Then find those the communities they already are in. Like that would be Reddit, for example, for tech people. Yeah. That that can be Instagram or some groups for, you know, if you build something for women or um, other audiences. So you should know where these your audience and uh, are, what communities they are in. Then what you can do is start, like, interacting, start engaging. Uh, you can also do what is called, like, social listening. It's more, more like exploring the problem uh, by your keywords, for example. So for your app, that would be something, you know, with the climate change oriented. So you can use social media to explore those topics. You can use social media listening tools, for example. There are some, like, uh, brand mentions or union metrics where you can, you know, search in a Twitter or something, people who actually mm-hmm. are talking about this topic that, you know, um, your product is about. So there's a lot of like research and generally trying to identify the channels to reach and actually find your audience. And then right. you can engage with it. And then you can ask for your feedback. You can ask for questions. Uh, you can sometimes ask for user interviews, actually. That's a great wow. way too. Yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, for example, when I was working for a travel app, Travel Startup, it was a very, very similar situation when the, the product was being built for months or even more than for a year uh, without actually talking to, you know, talking to the audience or more exploring the problem because the founders were absolutely sure that they know the problem themselves. And then when I joined the team, what I did is actually I was going to Facebook groups for travelers, for people that do couch surfing or yeah. who, who travel a lot. And then I just, uh, I asked them to, you know, can you talk and tell more about your travel habits? And then I did, uh, and, and I was surprised that people actually are very okay to talk with you and yeah. spend like 20, 30 minutes to, you know, in a Zoom call and tell about their travel experiences. Um, and then, yeah, so those user interviews helped you better understand, uh, A, the problem, B, the current solutions that the, your audience are using, and then C, yeah. how you can better, you know, serve this audience. And is that still better. in the scope of marketing? So do you consider these user interviews and all of this also part of the marketing field? Or is it more like product building? Uh, no, I consider it. Uh, I consider it as a part of a marketing, of course. Especially what is called product marketing is actually an intersection of product. You know, the, you you work closely with the product team. Uh, then marketing, and then uh, third part would be customers. So you work a lot with the user interviews, with the customers, with the customer support actually uh, to get the, those insights. So yes, it's absolutely very important part, especially in the beginning, very important mm-hmm. part of marketing. Um, that is why I always say that it's better to have marketing person, even on the stage when you're just exploring the, the, uh, the problem and the idea of what to build, you'd better already have the, the marketing person. Yeah, it makes a lot um, of sense. With you. And um, yeah. so 
I, I love this concept, so, social listening, right? So or social media listening, and I, I I've I've seen that too. So I start going on Twitter, I start going on Instagram, Reddit, whatever, and start to actually catch up the lingo because there's like certain, as you said, like certain buzzwords that people use, and I think that's a so that's a great technique. So let's say with a you a bootstrapper, they are building their app. What they should do in parallel is then go on social media and try to figure out who is their market. And by using this technique, uh, social listening, and using those tools that, by the way, then I, I will ask you for, for those tools so that I can share in the show notes, okay. they, they can kind of understand what people are talking about, and they can then from there take what are probably their target users, right? That's a great technique to get the target users. Yes, exactly. And to understand what, what the tar their target users, you know, are talking about, what their problems are. Um, I actually, uh, I also, what uh, kind of thing I do is, um, as a marketer, uh, but I create kind of, so I do all this social listening and then I do the user interviews. Of course, you have like certain insights more on the product side, right? But then what I do is um, I create what I call like a, words cloud so it's basically mm -hmm. i i create a cloud of the key uh, different words that i uh, see uh, my audience is using in a social media or um in the user interviews when they describe their problem or when they describe the solution so i actually you know and this helps you in the future to use the same words that your audience speaks when you uh, in a when you would describe your product in your product messaging in your landing yeah. page so that's also you know this listening is also very useful for your future um, messaging on the in the app in the app or on the landing page or any marketing communications that's a yeah that's a great great technique this is this is awesome and um, so Okay, let's say we we built the product, we have our community, and we are ready for the first launch. And let's get, let's take for instance the example of of a podcast. Uh, I I, I want to share it. I, I have the first episodes ready, and I have a community. What should I focus on in to to have a, a successful launch? And I know that a successful launch depends on on what your goals are. But you know what I mean with successful launch is like having a couple of new listeners or new users, getting getting the word out. What what should I focus on just before the launch? Uh, yes. Now, if you we assume that you already have kind of audience, it can be on Twitter because now a lot of people are actually doing what is called building in public. So probably yeah. you were tweeting that you're preparing the the, uh, the podcast or you're working on it. So, you know, people already know that you're going to launch it and your audience. So that would be probably your first users, your first listeners. Right then, um, there are a couple of platforms where you can also get your first potential users and get prepared for launch. Uh, if you launch, for example, a podcast on uh, Product Hunt, which is possible, right? Especially if your the topic of your podcast is entrepreneurship and building products, so Product Hunt is a great platform to to launch your podcast, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so for that, you can do a couple of things. First, they have uh, what is called Ship. Right, it's 
basically the idea of SHIP is a tool that helps you to build your audience before launch. Uh, so you collect the emails of people who are interested in you launching the podcast okay. or product, right? And then on the day of launch, you, you send them emails like, hey, guys, so here we are. We are I'm on a product yeah. hunt. Come, you know, listen to the first episode and come to support me and my launch on product hunt. And this tool is called Sheep, is it? It's called Sheep, yeah, like a boat. <laughs> ah, Sheep. Sheep. Sheep.com. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, no, it's one of their it's one of their products inside Product Hunt. So you can just ah, in okay, use the menu, it. I think, or in the uh, navigation bar, and there there is Sheep, so you can go and try it. Um, okay. Another thing, for example, that they have um, is they have the makers community. So they mm -hmm. actually built on the uh, Parkhand platform, they built the, uh, the platform for community. So it's where people build and are making something. They can chat and they can, there is like a, like a news feed of people, you know, doing different things. I didn't check it for, for the last uh, couple of months, maybe the last year, but a couple of years ago when it just launched, it was a great way to connect with other like builders, people who also build in something and everyone was supporting each other. And, you know, when, when you would launch actually the thing that you were building um, and sharing your story and your way in this community, you know, that those people would come and support your launch and would be your first listeners. Oh. So that was and also... all of these are for free? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay. It's yeah, very interesting. Product Hunt is the best platform to launch your product. That's why they give people a lot of different tools to help with, with launching successfully. And uh, what, what if you have like a, a bad launch? Is it okay to just relaunch after a couple of months or, or is that not okay with, with Product Hunt? Uh, good question. I think it's not really a good idea to, uh, to shut down. I mean, I'm not, you can talk with any of them from their team. Uh, they're very mm -hmm. uh, helpful. You can just chat in, a, in the intercom or something with them. Uh, as far as I never did that, but as far as I know, it's not a very good idea. I think it would be a better idea to do a relaunch of like uh, of your like uh, two to zero version or something like this. So this is a better right. version of my podcast, you know, uh, or something new. For example, you added to it or to your product, and then just do a relaunch and that you know, get prepared for that uh, second launch. Yeah, because I, if I think about my launches on Product Hunt, now that, I, especially now that I listen to, to you speaking about all of these tools, I feel that I failed miserably because my launches were so weak that now I cannot, well, the only thing I can think is like, I need to relaunch. So, okay, now at least I know that I, I should relaunch them and not try to delete and, and get another approach. But um, so give me the example, for instance, of the travel startup that you that you work uh, with. How did you launch that uh, that product? Um, it's a good question, because uh, actually with that product, we didn't uh, we didn't choose the uh, the you know, the launch, big launch day or something, it was built okay. very iteratively. So we didn't do what is called launch, launch, um, but for many different reasons. And one of the reasons is that we were trying to figure out the, um, trying to figure out the, what is the best way for us 
to get first users, to acquire users? What would be the marketing channels for us? Mm-hmm. Um, and second reason was that um, it was a travel project that is, was very content-oriented. Uh, so it's basically, uh, it had a tool that helps you to choose the best way, the best uh, time to visit a destination. So for example, okay. if I want to go to Lisbon now, is it a good way, like, is it a good weather? Is it something interesting going on? Or maybe it's better to come in different months, you know? Yeah, cool. uh, or is it crowded or not? So, yeah, it's really awesome tool. So, the uh, it's called Roam.me. Uh, uh, I also can, you can add the, the name in the podcast notes later. Yeah, so, we'll people do. go and check it. Yeah, so it's basically a tool that helps you to identify what's the best uh, time to visit destination based on the weather is it crowded or not other things happening like festivals or you know uh, natural different things um and then you can decide when to go but also we had a lot of content um around that so basically we had to build a huge blog that would cover each destination and would cover each you know um things to do, things to see in every destination. Uh, that's why it took us very long time to build this, what we call yeah. uh, minimum viable content, you know, like a product, <laughs> yeah. but we started, so you cannot launch until you have all popular destinations at least, and those are hundreds covered, because if we launch and then, uh, if we launch and then you go and you don't find your country, and that is like, there is no Brazil, or there is no, like, Iceland or something like this, so you would be disappointed. So we had to work a lot on this content, so we gradually were adding more content, and in this way, gradually, like, growing. Um, So So how did you, you, so you didn't launch, like, you didn't have a proper, like, one-day launch, so how did you, like, start sharing this product with the the world? No, we didn't do the uh, the one-day launch. But what we actually understood that the main channel for growth for us is uh, uh, is Google, is <laughs> ah, content course, and yeah. Google. So ACO. So the more yeah, the more con- good content we have, the the more traffic we got, and especially for mm-hmm. things like that are very specific. Like there's some very small festival that's happening. I don't know in the south of Italy, and certain people are looking for it, so they would find us first because it's very rare. And second is because we had really high quality content with photos and everything. So we understood that we don't actually need this big launch, and we can just grow through uh, good content, adding more content, and you know, uh, search optimization. Yeah, it's a it's a great uh, great technique too, and um, so. So I let's say that we launched and we were kind of successful and um, already let let's give again my example I, I was not successful in my launch well maybe with with change with Reddit I had a couple of uh, viral not super viral but like with a lot of upvotes uh, threads and that brought me some users and now for instance and th- I have the same problem by the way with the podcast and with change it which is I reached the point where I stagnated in the number of users so let's take the example of change it I I now reach the point where every day I have about 30 to 40 users in the app but this has been the case for the past like three four months and I'm not able to reach this next level and the same with the podcast I I have a 
I guess, 40 listeners, like daily listeners. And of course, there are some episodes that have more and so on, but barely, like normally 40 listeners per day. How do I get to the next step? You know, it feels that it just stagnates. And now I don't know how can I reach to the other point? Do you have any solutions there? <laughs> That's a million dollar question. <laughs> so how do I get my first one million users, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, everyone wants to know that. Um, well, it's, you know, it, it breaks down to different approaches to actually growing your, your product. And if you want to go to uh, your first one, let's say 1000 users, there are very, uh, there are many different ways uh, for different products, right? right. Um, I would say there's a really awesome thing that uh, I advise everyone who is building a product to read. Uh, there is a guy called, uh, whose name is Lenny Rachitsky. Uh, so okay. he's he built a company and sold it to Airbnb a couple of years ago. What he's doing now, he, he's uh, writing a newsletter, which is called Lenny's Newsletter. It's very Lenny's big, newsletter. very popular. So what he does, he breaks down different approaches to, do, to growing products based on well-known companies. So he has three monthly editions, and he also also has like a weekly paid newsletter and a Slack community. So in, yeah, um, it's really great. So please subscribe. There are a lot of things um, that you would find useful in this newsletter. So yeah. he has one of his posts is uh, called how, uh, how the biggest consumer apps got their first thousand users. Uh, I think I saw that one. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially how, major consumer apps acquired their early users like uh, uber superhuman netflix tinder and there's uh, why this interesting to read is because it gives you a very good understanding of how different those approaches are depending on what your uh, product actually does so he breaks down it to a couple of things uh, so first Actually, he starts from covering offline techniques. So still people do, <laughs> do mm -hmm. try to promote their apps offline. So for example, his, his, um, his examples is basically go where your users, your target users are. Just go there and talk to them. So for example, like Tinder founders would basically go around the university campus and they would pitch Tinder to you know, these uh, boys and girls communities that uh, usually are in the big universities. Uh, mm -hmm. Because, you know, there are no better way to acquire users than to talk to single students, right? Yeah, Who of course. Basically would be interested in dating. Then, for example, Etsy, right? Because it's about the crafts. So they would go to major craft fairs and advertise there and pitch their products there. And there is actually uh, one stop... Uh, interesting example and story there is a book called how to turn down a billion dollars it's a story of snapchat and it also says that um evan spiegel he would basically go to the shopping mall and hand out the flyers that would advertise snapchat so he also tried everything possible including offline yeah um so i feel that like off offline is it's it's not for everyone, I would say, because if you're an introvert or if you're like going and pitching your idea to strangers, especially in your community, I, I would say that most people are not comfortable with that. 
But do you think it really brings a lot of success? Or it's just a nice story to tell? Um, I mean, it's uh, it again, it depends on your product. For example, Etsy is a great example. You go to the fair, um, to the uh, art, like craft fairs, and it's where mm-hmm. you have thousands of people who potentially your customers, you just physically have them there. You can talk to them and you can, you know, ad- advertise or give the flyers or something like this. So for certain types of products it's especially when you can you know reach a lot of your target audience potential customers offline it's worth trying of course but uh, yeah it's not for every product not for everyone so there are things that you can do online um so you can do paid advertising you can Mm -hmm. do content creation right now there are a lot of you know a lot of hype around the content because it works so you create valuable interesting content around your problem and around your solution what's the climate change and what we can do to uh to prevent climate change what are the small steps that we can do every day as a consumers for example as a citizens so you you focus on creating valuable interesting content that help would help you grow your website and attract new uh new users so it's also a way that you can use uh, online. Um, yeah, you can use communities. For example, if you're building a product for a specific community, uh, let's say designers, right? You're building a tool for designers. Yeah. There are a lot of platforms and Slack communities where, and even Twitter. Designers are very active on Twitter. You can go and talk to them there. Uh, and also yeah, that's promote and ask for their feedback, right? Mm. Um, so a lot of approaches based on your product, actually, uh, what some products do, but like recently you remember the last year, the product that used the, the formal to, to launch was clubhouse, right? They use yeah. the, mm-hmm. this exclusivity and, uh, you know, when you, new users must be only invited by existing users. And then at one point, I remember that all old twi- Twitter was like, oh my God, where well, I can get the clubhouse invite, right? Yeah. So they created this FOMO and this hype around this product. And then, you know, everyone was just crazy about getting this invite to clubhouse. Uh, same, you can create a wait list, like a superhuman, right? They also created a a super long uh, waiting list and that created a feeling that, oh my God, I should need, I need, I should uh, try yeah. this product because, you know, thousands of people are on this wait list. You know, what, what I feel when I read all of these great stories, for me, I feel like, okay, they make sense, but I'm only one. And and it and I think like if we are now only focusing on bootstrappers, like oh, it's of course that if you are a startup with a VC money and you have like one two million, you can hire a team, and of course they can explore all of these ideas, right? But when mm-hmm. you are only one or a team of two and you have no money, you are like literally bootstrapping. Yeah. I feel that a lot of these things just do not apply. I yeah. like as you said, like going to the streets and and asking for people or or spending countless hours on communities you know just trying to find trying to find uh slack communities or trying to find customers i'm always trying to find if there's like a a easier way but i guess there isn't right like even with with twitter now that i'm trying to explore more like i just have and and i spoke by the way with a lot of people in the same position they just have to spend 
hours on Twitter trying to grow their community. Like, is there other other ways that like, if 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 it's you, if it's you, let's say Alexander, you're building your your company right now, and it's only you, and you don't have money. Like, what would be the things that you or the techniques you'd use to get your first a thousand users? Uh, yeah, great question. <laughs> uh, I'm a big believer in communities. That that's my number one thing uh, for many reasons. Uh, first is because I'm myself a member of many communities, and I try to to be part of like active member and help other people uh, whenever I can. Mm-hmm. But also, I saw a lot of uh, great examples of how it actually works, and it works great. What uh, I would agree with you is that, yes, it's time-consuming. Yes, you have to. It's not like you come, you know, for two days, you chat with people in Slack, and then, you know, you're done. No, it's actually yeah. going there every single day and, you know, engaging with people and, you know, reading and writing the advice. Yes, it's time-consuming, but I would tell you an interesting example that, uh, actually, is uh, about the, the bootstrapped uh, company. Uh, it's my friends. They're actually from Kiev. Maybe you've heard about the product. Maybe not. So a couple of years ago, um, the two founders they decided that they want to build an app um, themselves, like just two of them. So the app mm-hmm. is called Flawless. Uh, it's actually a dev tool that helps to spot visual differences between design and implementation. So okay. it's something that designers and developers would use, you know, when you, uh, when you have design and when you have implementation, so you can see are there, are there any uh, differences to spot. Okay. So I know there are stories that they were building this product for more than a year, I think. So one of the founders, like Ahmed, he was actually doing a design and coding. And the co-founder, Lisa Zuba, she was uh, doing more of the business side and marketing side. So what they did actually is what she did uh, is actually they started like as they had zero budget for marketing, uh, they started creating a community and creating content around that. So what she does, she, uh, she first she started to be very very active on Twitter um, and in the makers actually community on Product Hunt. So they took uh, all the problems around the, the app that they were building uh, that is about design, iOS apps and mobile, mm-hmm. and then they started just creating uh, a lot of content around that. So on Twitter, that would be different tips, like small tips on iOS development, on building mobile apps. And they created a blog on the Medium uh, where they would share different aspects of, you know, designing apps, building apps with different technologies. And they actually did not do that only themselves. What they did, they invited designers and developers, you know, they found on Twitter or they found in other communities to write their blog. So, and very quickly, it was growing really fast because there were like practically every week, there were a couple of um, interesting articles on design and development. And in that way, they grew the this community around design yeah. and building mobile apps. And, the, you know, people that were helping them to write this content uh, they already felt like a uh, part of the product that that was being built, and that later they became the better testers. So in but a year, but how do you they... convince people to to write for you without having anything in exchange? 
yeah, but you don't try it for myself, right? Medium is open, uh, is an open blogging platform. You, what you mm-hmm. do, yeah, on Medium, you have a publications, right? So there are popular mm-hmm. publications like startups or um, something else. So you create a publication and you call them, I don't know, mobile, building a mobile app. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you invite like, hey, we have this publication if you want to share your experience, expertise, because the person publishes from his name or her name, right? So they are the authors, they own the, this piece of content, but it's part of the publication. So, so you, someone... you just link, you link their Medium post in your Medium posts. Is that what you do? Yeah, so how it works in how it works in medium is yeah you publish it on your profile and then you kind of submit it into the publication so it is shown ah, into the publication page and for you as an author it's great because this publication already has some audience right uh, i yeah. as a alexandra i may not have i'm a developer for example i may not have audience on medium but this publication mm-hmm. already have hundreds of people so if i just publish in my profile like no one would probably see it but if i publish it in the publication then you know everyone who is subscribed to this publication would see it so in this way i get the audience and publication actually gets good content so it works I, both I didn't ways know about publications on uh, medium that's a great idea yeah I yeah. didn't know that there was this feature as well. Wow, that's a very good idea as well. Yeah, because I'm having the same issue. Like with uh, with Change It, I we have a blog, and the blog is probably what's bringing a, a lot of users because people search on Google and then they find our blog. And uh, but it's hard again to find people to write this content. So maybe using Medium could be a good a good idea to try to fetch more people to write about sustainability and uh, and then publish in our in our communities exactly. and in our publications yeah exactly so but there's there's one thing that i want you to know is that there are two um, there are two points that you should consider why to publish on medium and why not to publish on media and publish on your okay. blog instead right um, and both of them work but you should make make a decision yourself so if you publish on medium you get the audience, right? And most probably, if this publication would be not just about your app, but wrote about sustainability, climate change, it would be easier to grow it. But then you would only have mention of your blog or of your actual website, of your app in a couple of public in a couple of articles or only in a description. So the the conversion rate to actually your website, the people that would go and download your app, uh, would be not very high. Uh, because you don't yeah. have direct traffic to your website. When you do, um, in, but you get the audience because Medium has like millions of readers, right? Um, you have access to this audience. If you publish on your website, on your blog, what you do is that if you use uh, search engine uh, optimization techniques like Visely, if you have your core keywords and if you publish really good long um, educational content. So with time, your blog and your website would rank better and better in Google, and then you would have more traffic um, yeah. and more people coming to your blog and probably trying your app. Um, but it's harder to why... convince people to write in your blog, in your own blog, right? right? Yeah. So probably and... that mostly you have to write this content yourself. Yeah. And what is this tool you said wisely? 
Uh, now, for SEO, I would recommend I'm um, using Ahrefs or SEMrush. Okay. Wow. This is, uh, I, I think there will be a lot of interesting links in the <laughs> description because the, those two, like, you know, they can really save lives, you know, like uh, for people that don't know about this, they, they, they can really be super helpful. So Yeah. Another thing that I would really recommend every founder to do is to get... Uh, get to know search optimization a little bit. Uh, of course, you can, you know, uh, work with uh, with them like contractors, but it's so important to understand the basics yeah. uh, from marketing perspective for your product because you have to find yourself, understand yourself, your main keywords. You have to, you know, learn them by heart. <laughs> the list of yeah. your main keywords that should be on your landing pages, on different pages of your website that should be in your blog and should be like a basis like how you create yeah. the content plan for your blog is based on those keywords and this and is you can so learn those important. with the social listening right you can learn those with the different ways so with the social listening yes but if you use ahrefs or semrush that's mm -hmm. basically two tools that would help you identify them uh how i you i i prefer to do it is that um I actually, if you have a list of your competitors or something that is very similar, so apps that looks like this or, you know, solve the same problem. So you have this list of competitors, at least 10. And then mm -hmm. um, those tools, Ahrefs or SEMrush, help you to analyze. You just uh, copy the link to their blog or to their website. And then analyze all the organic words, keywords from their website. And then you can see the yeah. most popular, like with the most traffic. And you're like, okay, this keyword worked really well for my competitor and has a lot of traffic wow. mm -hmm. and the difficulty is like low. And then you, okay, I'm stealing, you know, you're still like an artist. <laughs> you're stealing the best keywords that you can find from your competitors. And then, of course, they should be relevant to your topic, but um, yeah. that would save you a lot of time just to searching for random keywords, right? And then based on those yeah. uh, keywords, let's say you would have 20, 30, 50. And based on the, those keywords, you can then find similar uh, this tools also help you find similar keywords to, to that. Mm -hmm. And then in that way, you create kind of like a cloud of keywords um, that are relevant for, for your topic, for your product. And that should be the base of your all the content on your website, your landing page, and your blog. When you said it, like bootstrappers and developers, they or the founders, they need to at least understand the basics of SEO. How can they learn this? Like, is there any website you recommend to or any documentation or book you recommend? Yeah, that's actually a great question. So we live in the era when everything is very open and um, many companies, they open really uh, great content for free. So both SEMrush and Ahrefs, they have amazing content. It's like a step-by-step a step-by-step like academy they have youtube videos okay. uh so we just start from zero i don't know anything and then what do you do next and next and next so the, they have amazing courses both on their website and then on their youtube channels and also in their blog posts they have like either very like long guides on what you should do step-by-step step to to set up and to start your aco um practices uh, for your website Oh, cool. So it's a, 
a mandatory reading for anyone starting their uh, their companies. And and you I know mean, something that is really interesting. What I what I've learned is that if if you want to have a recurrent new source of new users, SEO seems to be a great way because you know people are just searching for uh, something the topic that they're interested in, and then they find your product. And that's also how I'm getting a lot of users on Change It. It's also in the Play Store. A lot of people search for climate change or climate change app, and then they find Change It because of that. And uh, yeah. you know, and that's what I want. I want a passive, recurring source of new users. I don't want because if I think on, for instance, Twitter or any social media, if and that's what I hate about social media, by the way. First of all, I need to understand the algorithm. I need to understand what makes it click, what makes uh, the algorithm work so sometimes that doesn't mean that i'm actually producing great content i'm just producing content that algorithm likes and second of all if i stop using the algorithm or if i stop using twitter after a month then when i share it again i don't have engagement so you really need to actively use the platform to actually get yeah. your users whereas seo they give you passive they you know you can have a blog post that is two years old and it's still bringing you users Absolutely. So do you also feel the same? Do you also feel a little bit the frustration and the work you have to put on Twitter? Sometimes it's just not worth it. Uh, well, if you're talking about like promotion or finding users on the social media uh, versus your blog and investing in uh, content. So you should. Yeah, I I'll totally agree with you that with the content, the good thing is that it's a really long term game and even the, the blog post that you wrote 10 years ago can still be you know in the top of google uh, yeah. search right so it's it feel like you're investing because with every good blog post you're actually making an investment in a better uh you know ranking of your website and your blog for google and then there are no like uh, as you said the, the algorithm of google ranking is very they are they're clear you can you know just read about how how uh, how to rank better and those rules are very simple first you should know your keywords second you should yeah. produce really good like high quality content because google ranks like how how many minutes people are spend and read in your blog for example uh, so there are certain cr uh, criteria that they consider that it's a very good educational content than if you're using different like tables or images or videos and the rule is just to make it really good and the third rule is to make it little better than your competitor and little better is a little longer or li a little more like links or videos or something else so if you just follow this approach, um, and both SEMrush and Ahrefs, they talk about it in their courses and their blog posts. If you take this approach and then just, you know, every month you create this type of high quality content, you know, you'd have great results and every month it's just better and better and better. You would see more and more traffic to your website. So you can kind of play in long-term game and then, you know, you would see great results only with time. While on a social media, yeah, it's just today you post something, you know, <laughs> that goes viral and has a lot of shares. But, you know, tomorrow no one remembers you <laughs> anymore. Exactly. Right? And what if, if you could only pick one uh, for, uh, for uh, let's say, yeah, my climate change app as an example. If you could only pick one, either Twitter or social media, or SEO, what did you choose? Uh, 
Um, it's a great question. I think for like, I would answer that keeping in mind that I'm potentially your um, target user because I care about uh, climate change a lot. Uh, I really want to do something as a consumer, as a citizen to, you know, to help fight it. Uh, and the problem that I have and most people around us have is like, okay, I want to do something. What exactly should I do? Is there anything I can do every day to, to, to help? Like little small steps, right? Um, so keeping that in mind, I would, I would say that for me, having really good content, like kind of on your blog, like step-by-step step, what I can do today and tomorrow to help fight climate change or simple things to, uh, to do in your everyday, like routines that, that would be helpful or things like this, like advice and, and certain, and, and certain, you know, mm -hmm. rules that I can follow. Um, so this would be blog posts. And for me, actually, um, I use Instagram a lot and I use Instagram also for interesting content in terms of yeah. like tips, advice. So I would read you on the Instagram, especially it would be like one small tip a day, like just an image, like small tip a day, what you can do today to help fight climate change, right? Um that would be also yeah, like a a, good idea. for me for me as a user would be a relevant platform. Then of course like mm -hmm. TikTok or something, but just to, yeah. to choose it too, I think those two for your exact example, um, is good good platforms to go. Yeah, that's uh that's what I kind of find out as well. And there's a lot of Instagram uh, accounts already that speak about sustainability that are very very successful. And um you know, one thing that I realized from this talk with you is something that I kind of already knew but didn't want to accept, which is it's a lot of work in the end. Like, there's no, yeah. you know, silver bullet. You just yeah. have to work hard and spend a lot of time in marketing. Now you you gave us also a lot of great tools that will make this work more efficient. But in the end of the day, if someone is a bootstrapper, there will be a lot of their time spent on social media. And it can be really, really frustrating too, because as I told you, like I'm, I'm spending a lot of time, but it's it seems that I stagnated and I don't know how to reach the, the next level. And and my question, and I know that you you don't work that much with paid paying ads, but my question is, are paying ads a way to, you know, a step... Uh, to overcome all of this struggle? Can I just like either spend hours, countless hours on Twitter or then spend 100 euros? And is that the same effect, you know, mm -hmm. or, or is it different effects? Oh, it's a great question. You, you really put it really well. Um, if you would ask me to use paid ads or not to use, I would say to use, uh, but uh, with the, you, you have to understand how what are the benefits how you're using it and for what purposes right because what i would tell you is if what we were talking before about building the audience or building the community is where you are building a long-term relationship and a sustainable business sustainable company is built on strong relationships with your audience this is what you can also do on the social media on the instagram for example to build a loyal audience right mm -hmm. but those relationships are built on trust and you know this is something that won't be able to establish with paid advertising only it's your long hours in creating 
great content, you know, into building and, you know, nurturing those relationships. So that cannot be achieved through paid ads only. But what you can do using the paid ads is, for example, you can quickly reach more people. So you can Mm -hmm. act faster, right? So as you said, there are a lot of Instagram accounts already about sustainability, right? So organically, it would take you forever to grow your um, to grow your account, you know, just based right. on the hashtags or something, uh, because not every day I'm, I'm using the hashtag sustainability or something yeah, I'm looking for, right? Um, so using the paid ads actually would help you to get more people subscribe to your page quicker. Um, and the good thing is for Instagram actually is that it's so specific and it's so targeted. That's why it works. So, for example, you know that I already subscribed to the page about sustainability and I follow a couple of them in Instagram. You know that. You know that I'm your target audience, right? And you specifically sent to me uh, like ads in my stories about the tips or something about sustainability. Right. I'm like, okay, yeah. this is super relevant for me. Why I would not follow it? Because it's very, very relevant for me. And this is type of yeah, content yeah, yeah. that I already looking for. I follow. So um, it's very specific. It's very targeted because it's so you can target it so well. It's also cost effective uh, because you don't target all the, you know, your target audience is not everyone. Right? It's it can be very very specific. Um, it can be a specific country, especially great. It works great with the locations if your mm-hmm. business or your app is targeted in specific location. So you have very um, you have great targeting, um, and it's it's really great for small business owners uh, because of that. So Facebook and Instagram ads, it's a great solution for small business owners. In that way so i would say yeah um yeah. you can also use it but yeah probably not only paid ads but um as a part of your that's a great answer yeah <laughs> yeah you're point. absolutely right like having you need to build trust and uh, trust is only built if you put in the time you cannot just pay for trust and uh yeah that's uh, that's a great i think it's a great answer and um so yeah, for everyone that is thinking that pay that only using uh, money and throwing money at it is a solution, it is not. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert. But um, yeah, I think I think this was uh, super super useful, Alexandra. Uh, thank you so much for for sharing your knowledge with us. You know, common mortals that don't understand anything about marketing. It's uh, it's definitely very very hard and i think a lot of developers they mostly fail when they're building their own products because we don't know anything about marketing and to be honest we don't we don't want to spend the time it's not that we don't care but we, just, yeah. we don't want to spend the time on on twitter and social media we just want to be building you know <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but th- th- this is why you you would have to it's better for you to be working with a marketer either you have someone on your team or you're just consulting just work, work with the marketer as soon as possible uh because yeah. you know you don't have to spend because what can happen you 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 spend endless hours just to figuring out what channels to use or what to do what type of content well you can work with a marketer who has this experience and you know yeah. 
she would just uh, help you to save a lot of efforts, a lot of time, because, you know, she would come and tell you, do this, this, and this, you know. Yeah. Uh, there are specific frameworks. There are a lot of um, experience that uh, she can bring to, to your team. Yeah. So just hire a marketer. And- so you, you also... You are also working as a freelancer, right? So people can actually hire you to help them with their content, right? With the marketing, yeah. Yeah, with the, sorry, not content, with their marketing. Yeah, so, uh, it's true. So they can obviously, uh, if there's someone in need, they can definitely uh, reach out to you. What What I feel as a developer, again, is that I don't know anything about marketing. And there's a lot of people, you know, selling the stale oil you know they say i will reach you especially if you go on fiverr or all of these platforms they all say like i'll make you millionaire i'll give you like a million users in in a week whatever so how do i filter how do i find someone that can actually help me and uh, also that doesn't cost a lot of money like what would be your your uh your solution here for developers, bootstrappers that are trying to find someone that they can trust to help them grow their uh, their business. I, I I can feel your frustration because if, for <laughs> example, at some you know sometimes I need a developer to help my client to build a website or something else, and when I go to I don't know Fever but any other platforms. I'm just, I don't know how to choose the person. They, exactly. they all sound great, you know, in their profiles. And they have prices like going from 15 to 1500 So it's just impossible for me because I cannot, uh, you know, evaluate their skills or their expertise. It's practically impossible for me to, yeah, to choose, uh, to make the choice. Uh, so what I would say, like, for hiring or for finding anyone or for finding advice, uh, I would always go to Twitter. That's my go-to place for anything I'm looking for, and that really works. You just go and you, hey, you know, I'm looking for for a marketing person, marketing advice. Maybe you know someone, and obviously you would find someone that would recommend you someone or would recommend you to talk with uh, someone else. Um, Mm -hmm. So that would be my go um, no, number one uh, to go place to go uh the second option that i really like is basically what i said it's always good to be a part of any community so if you're part of the makers community or product hunt you go and like hey you probably have marketers you know there so you know i want to talk with you or you're part of community for i don't know product managers or anything else you can always ask um Ask mm-hmm. the community. We, for example, when I have this uh, problem, when I need to find anyone, I always go to community. There is a very good one that is called um, Women Make. You can Google them and you can find them on Twitter. So it's not only okay. for women. So, you know, men are always welcome there. So we have um, a Telegram community, and it's basically people all over the world, mostly women, but not only. Uh, they are designers, a lot of developers, some marketers, like just people building product. And whenever I have a question, uh, that could be, you know, how to do something on my website or how should I find an ACO specialist? I would always go to this Telegram group. I would ask and 100% I would get someone, you know, advice anyone else. So go mm-hmm. to community and just ask for recommendations. So I would recommend to work with people that other people recommend. Right, and uh, what what is what would be the price, or 
like the I know that the price varies quite a, quite a lot, but what would be like an average price that a bootstrapper could pay to get things starting? You know, to start getting the first users, to start analyzing, and and getting a marketeer to help them with with uh, with those first steps. What what would be the like the average price? Do you know. Oh, that's a hard question. You know, there is no such thing as an average price because, you know, it depends on location. Someone in San Francisco or someone in Ukraine, yeah, they true. have different... Let's say, let's, okay, um, let me re rephrase it. How how much would you pay? <laughs> <laughs> how much I would pay? Well, um, to answer this question, like, directly, if uh, it really depends what you're looking for uh, in marketing because if you're just looking someone to write a content, I would say, to your blog, It's one thing, right? You can find just someone who has um, a, a bit of like a, a profile with the examples of the articles that you think you like. So it shouldn't be like super senior editor, you know, in the magazine or something. Right, right. Just person who writes well and want, wants to wants to write. But for things like uh, more like on a marketing strategy, when you want to launch your product or when you're just starting, I would say this is very specific, like more like a strategy thing um, mm -hmm. that I would pay more and find a person who is more in a senior position, senior role, and has like at least uh, these years of expertise and have uh, has launched a couple of products uh, mm -hmm. just because, um, again, you don't want to waste your time on trying different things Um You know, you, you want to have a person that would come and say, okay, this is step one that you should do. This is step two. And this is our plan for the next uh, six months, what should be done in terms of marketing. Uh, this right. is what you want to get from this person. So I would go uh, for more experienced um, To uh, get a plan. People. And then they, they, they yeah. you pay them for the plan and then you just follow the plan, but they don't. They just don't uh, work with you anymore, right? They just work in building you the plan. Is that I right? mean, it depends on if you're looking for someone to join the team and execute or you can... What I'm saying is that for like building the strategy first, when you're just starting your marketing, like you have zero marketing and then you want to have something, you know, in a six months to, uh, to, be, to be built. Uh, I would say go even just a consultancy with a professional of the senior level, and then you can find someone joining your team to execute or more junior, uh, less right. experienced person. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's why, you know, for, for consulting, you would pay three times higher, but it would be worth money, and, but it wouldn't be like full-time and every month or just in the beginning. Got it. Yeah. Alexandra, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and taking the time to sharing your knowledge with us. The again, the mortals, the you know, the noobs in in marketing. And um, how can we also r reach out to you? And uh, if there's someone that maybe wants your help or wants to, if you have any content, what what shall I link here in the description to to know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Show, showcase your product. And work. Yeah, first of all, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to chat all the things marketing. Um, it's always a great idea to connect uh, with me on Twitter. So I, okay. I'm, I'm, my DMs are open. Everyone can uh, um, message me and ask me any marketing questions or advice there. Uh, I also have a personal website that has my email and everything else. Um, I will send mm -hmm. you the link. Uh, it's also there are a lot of contact uh, information there. 
uh, that yeah. alexander.works, right? Yes, exactly. I'll share it too. Mm -hmm. So thank you. I hope that it was helpful and interesting. So it was a pleasure for me. Yeah, this was another conversation. I, I hope you really enjoyed. I hope this was really helpful for you. If you want to support this podcast, you can buy me a coffee or become a member. And if you do become a member, you'll have access to the Wannabe Entrepreneur Slack community where there are many of the people that I interview are there. And uh, by the way, I also invite Alexander to join and uh, and also other members. So it's a great, nice community where we support each other, give mentorship. There's marketeers, there's developers, there's everyone there. It's a great place to to speak about your projects and to get some motivation. And uh, yeah, for four for years a month, you can become a member and join and support also this podcast. Besides that, there's many other episodes. If you're a new listener, by the way, there's many other episodes for you to look at. You can go and check it out. And this was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you tomorrow.